0: following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. And welcome into the MSP North podcast with your hosts Brady McAtamney and Blaine Keller covering high school sports all across Montgomery and Robertson counties. Now we take you to the North, your host, Brady and Blaine.
1: Ooh, some new intro music looks pretty to good today. Uh, Blaine, yeah, well, welcome everybody to the MSP North podcast. It is uh, the second week of May, and that means tournament time is in full swing. We're going to be talking all about it. Um, but, Glenn, why don't we uh, kick things off by welcoming in our first guest of the day. Absolutely. Fresh off
2: sending a couple of
1: track and field
2: athletes from Greenbrier to the sectional round. We welcome in Greenbrier track and field coach, Coach Troy Bigsby. Coach Bigsby, thanks for joining us today. How are we?
3: Good. How you doing? Doing great.
2: Yeah. You know, let's start off with some of the people that you have sent. Your team is sent on to the next round of the postseason, moving one step closer to spring fling and the state tournament. A lot of football athletes, a couple of uh, girls basketball players too. Nolan Carson, Traverius Flood, Peyton Hardaway, Junior Edwards, Paxton Manis, all moving on. Coach, I I mean, as an assistant with the football program and head coach of the track and field team, how exciting is it to have a couple of those guys that are athletes on your squad moving on to that next round?
3: It's really good. I mean, it makes me look good at the same time. But, uh, I mean, they're hard workers. And, like I said, they they love it. They do it. everything they do is with passion. So they love to compete. So they take it, I mean, the same way they compete in football, they bring it also to the track and field. So I love it.
1: Yeah, being um, an assistant with the football team, uh, are you able to get more football guys
3: into track or more track guys into football? Well, I get more football players into track because I like when I played in college uh, football coach made everybody do double sports. So if you didn't do anything other than like I play in a baseball, but he made everybody else do track. So I, I try my best to instill that same way here that way they stay active
2: and in your mind coach when we read off that list and i, I don't want to forget Ryland freeman too you know a, a girls basketball player that has made it onto the sectional round which one of those athletes if any that you've kind of had the time to spend and mentor you know with this season which one stuck out the most all
3: uh, right please say it one more time please
2: yeah absolutely when, when you have a couple of guys and even girls you know on the girls basketball team and the football team that have moved on to the sectional round In your mind, is there one that sticks out the most, Coach?
3: Uh, I I can't forget Haximandis. I mean, he, uh, since they moved to the new division this year, because last year we were just large and small schools. Now we have three different divisions. Uh, He was basically the youngest in the state last year, uh, going against all the power schools uh, from like 6A. So he's really standing out. He's probably like one of the favorites to be top in state this year. Uh, with the new division, and um, and also with my football players, I mean, Nolan Carson, uh, Travars Flood. I mean, they're what they're doing on the, on the track is is amazing.
1: Yeah. Now, um, going from the uh, track to the classroom, um, I've learned that uh, Blaine Keller here was actually one of your students back in the day at uh, Springfield High School. Um, I'm wondering if you have any stories of uh, high school Blaine in the classroom, and uh, if not, just uh, how how good of a student was he? I know his writers were more words guys than numbers guys, and you are a a math teacher, so I'm wondering uh, how how he did in your class.
3: Well, Mr. Blaine was probably one of the tops. I I mean, I had regular algebra, and there was no way he should have been in there. So we ended up moving him out probably halfway to the advanced class. I mean, he was like easily one of the top students in math.
2: Well, I, I appreciate yeah. that. And, you know, quite honestly, uh, we were joking before this. I didn't even remember what math class it was when someone asked me. So uh, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you for that, Coach Coach Bigsby. But w- when you go, I, I guess, and this is something that comes to my mind when we talk about coaching and teaching at Springfield for a little while and then moving on to uh, – Greenbrier, the the rival school in the county, was there any difference in that? Was there any transition in that, you know, in the couple of years that you did that a while ago?
3: Uh, I mean, not really. You know, my thing is I always try to relate to the kids or, you know, be like a role model. And that, I mean, I still do that. So it, it really wasn't a big change at all.
2: And, you know, you I know Brady talked a little bit about stories, and I think I, while you may not have many stories about me as a student, I think you're going to have a lot of stories about this one. During your time as a collegiate athlete at Lane College, it's no secret that one of your teammates there was a NFL return man, legendary NFL return man, Jacoby Jones, spent a long time with the Baltimore Ravens and what stories do you have uh, about that time? What was Jacoby Jones like as a, as a teammate and even you know as a college student?
3: Well, uh, when I met Jacoby, when he came in, basically as an 18, 19 year old, I was like pretty, I would say I was pretty experienced compared to Jacoby at the time. So uh, we really didn't, wasn't allowed to go against Jacoby at the time you know, being like he came in probably like a good 150, <laughs> I mean. But at the same time, he was a track star from uh, out of Louisiana. So we knew he had a speed. But uh, just, uh, you know, being physical and a little bit older, like he wasn't there yet as he was like when you saw him in the NFL. Um, but he was like really, I mean, you can tell that he was going to be special just from his uh, kick return and punt return game.
2: And I know you, you just mentioned earlier at the beginning of the show that your your college coach had you guys play track or play another sport along with football. Did Jacoby run track at uh, Lane as well?
3: Yes, he did. He was he uh, Jacoby. He ran track and he also played basketball. Uh, so he's like one wow. after football season. He split with basketball and track. Yeah, he yeah, was a uh, three sport athletes high in, in high school.
2: Yes. Wow. wow. You talk about three sport high school athletes. You don't really hear about three sport college athletes. But I guess when you've got an NFL guy like that, Jacoby Jones is going to be the guy to do that. Well, coach, as you move on this weekend into the sectionals, we wish you the best of luck uh, with Greenbrier track and field and and hoping to see a couple of the guys in Murfreesboro. Thank you for your time, coach. Uh, Thank you. That was Troy. Greenbrier track and field coach Troy Bigsby. Lots of great stories there. Uh, I think Jacoby Jones is the most interesting thing. I mean, no offense to Coach Bigsby's math class, of course. It was, a you know, <laughs> six years ago. But, you know, the thing I remembered the most about that was the fact that he played alongside Jacoby Jones. You don't have many math teachers that do that.
1: Yeah, playing alongside an NFL uh, return man, a uh, guy who – I mean, I, I remember plenty of his absolutely insane return. You know, he's up there with, uh, you know, the Devin Hester's, Daryl Patterson's in, in my memories with uh, incredible return men. But uh, um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we will visit with West Creek Volleyball and currently track and field coach Josh Steck.
0: AP, Tennessee Sports Editor. Three-time Tennessee Sports Trainer of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome,
4: Theresa Former University of Tennessee, former Team USA Olympian, XI Young Award winner, Ari Dickey. Ari, did I miss anything? Man, that was sweet. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to listen to that before I go to bed every
0: night. That was nice. <laughs> has five sports Emmys. That's not bad for the other guy in Wham. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> other guy Wham married the best-looking girl Banana panorama. so other guy Wham had pretty good life.
0: From preps to pros, we're taking on the sports topics you care about. Tune in across Main Street media social platforms at 2 p.m. or on demand on your podcast distribution platform of choice. Nobody covers high school sports quite like Main Street Preps, bringing you hyper-local coverage of the teams you care about. Wherever your Main Street is, well, we've got a podcast just for you. How about this one, the Sumner County Sports Podcast with Zach Wommel or Casey's Take on Sports with Dixon Post and Cheatham County Exchange Sports Reporter Casey Patrick. The MSP North podcast with the fellows from way up north, Brady McIntamney and Blaine Keller covering Montgomery and Robertson counties. The Main Street Preps this week with Russell Venosi and Tyler Palmatier with a macro view of prep sports in Middle Tennessee. Find the latest prep sports news from your Main Street at MainStreetPreps.com and find these podcasts dropping weekly on these Main Street media, social platforms, and wherever you get your podcasts. Now... Back up north we go. Here's Brady and Blaine.
1: Ooh, talk about funky music. Love it. Um, but we're back. We have a second track and field coach for today. But uh, this guy is more than just a track and field coach. He's also a teacher at West Creek. He's the volleyball coach at West Creek. And he's also the biggest Buffalo Bills fan that I know. Welcome in to the MSP North podcast, Josh Steckle. Josh, how you doing? Good. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, It is our pleasure. So, um, West Creek won the boys' district track championship this year, but that's really nothing new for the West Creek track team, is it? Tell us a little bit about this history of winning that comes with uh, being part of the uh, West Creek track and field program.
4: Yeah, since the we, uh, had the inception of the track meet, uh, the boys' uh, track program has has swept all the uh, all the Montgomery County. Uh, on the male side, we've won it every single year since we've started it. The only year, we didn't win it one year and that's because we got invited to a, uh, a special meet that was out of state. We got an inv- inv- invitation to an invite only track meet. Um, but yeah, it's become, it's, it's, it's a standard. We call it the West Creek standard. that it's the expectation that when you're part of the West Creek track team, especially on the boys side, you understand that um, that is what you're living up to. That the goal of the season is not only to be Montgomery County champions, to be regional champions, and to be competitive at the sectional level and hopefully at the state level.
2: Coach, how do you build something like that? Uh, I mean, whenever you think about some of the spring sports, I think it's a little easier whenever you have more team-oriented sports, maybe like softball, baseball, uh, even soccer, or, or even maybe some of the smaller ones like tennis. But track and field feels a little more individual. Whenever you set a tradition and a standard like that, how, how have you as a coach kind of established that? I,
4: I think it starts with, you know, sell, selling the kids what the vision that you have is. You know, track is, an, is a rare sport where you can be an individual, but then you can also be part of a team. But the other thing that's, you know, kind of like wrestling, but what sets us apart from wrestling is we have 16 different events. We, if you don't want to run, you can jump. If you don't want to jump or run, you can throw or you can bolt. So we can find something for everyone. So it's getting the kids engaged, teaching them the, the, the sport and, and what it entails, and then building that mindset that it's not just you representing yourself, you're representing the school, and we're doing this for a greater, for a greater good.
1: Yeah, and uh, you recently sent us the list of uh, regional qualifiers or uh, sectional qualifiers rather, Um, but uh, I I figure it would probably be better for uh, you to tell us about them rather than me listing them off and telling uh, you what they do because, well, you are their coach after all. Tell us about some of those uh, sectional qualifiers.
4: Okay, so on the girls' side, we got Ariana Whitcliffe. She's qualified in the 100-meter hurdles. She's a senior. She's going to Bluefield State uh, to compete for them. Um, She's a really determined girl. Um, and, and she's one of those kids that really just does it right. Uh, does, you know, it's a pleasure to coach. And, uh, you got, uh, Desiree Castaneda, uh, a discus thrower. She's a first year track athlete, as a matter of fact, and she qualified, she's fourth. She won the, she won the regional, the subsectional, uh, meet and she's, uh, she, if all things go right, she's qualified state and she is, uh, she's a first year thrower for us. She's, And then you got the girls four by one and four by two relays. We're really excited about those, but especially about the future of the girls four by one relay because they're three freshmen and a sophomore um, that qualified. And then on the guy side, you got you got all four relays qualified um, four by four by one, four by two, and four by four. And then Lavelle Finch, who's a first year, well, first full year track guy, his. His first year of track got actually cut short by the pandemic right so this is his first year
1: right. uh, he
4: qualified in the 300 hurdles and then we've got our our one two punch in the 200 meters jaden wiley and Bashan uh jackson you know they're part of our four by one four by two relay and and we're looking for hopefully both them qualify for state and then jaden wiley also in the 100 meter dash
2: well coach yeah, when you list off such a, a long list there you know such a, a lengthy group of guys and girls that are competing at the, at the next level of the sectional and hopefully the state, what, what are you hoping to see in that next round, outside of maybe having some players and some athletes qualify for the state tournament? Well, I think
4: right now with all coaches, the one number one thing we worry about is like, is first of all, uh, heat acclimation, right? We have went from 65 to 80 to 86, 89 real fast, you know? Uh, so keeping them injury free, uh, this week and getting them to qualify and keeping them injury free is the big thing because we we, we just got to finish top four. Right. Um, top four takes us to the state. And then, you know, you never know, but you got to get there. You got to have a seat at the table in order to eat. So uh, we have to get to that goal. And so it's getting everyone prepared mentally, getting them prepared physically, making sure they're hydrated because Friday night it's going to be hot and it's going to be very fast. And the turnaround of events is going to be quick. So we got to make sure that we're not only mentally ready, but we're physically ready.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Keep that water flowing. Um, one thing about West Creek is that, uh, you know, it's kind of it's kind of different from other schools, whereas other schools will, you know, talk to their football players or basketball players saying, you know, you should go run track, you know, that'll be good for you. Um, you have more at West Creek. You're, you've got uh, coaches from those other sports coming to you as a track coach saying, hey, do you, what do you think this guy could play for my team? Um, who are some Uh, guys on your track team right now or girls, you know, looking at soccer or basketball season um, that will be playing for, you know, coach Gallowitz, coach Smith, coach Malone uh, in the next school year uh, for other sports. Right.
4: So with regards to uh, football, you got Montel Richardson. He sprints for us. Octavius Mahogany is a hurdler jumper. And part of that four by one relay, that qualified Terrell Jennings, um, is a four by four hundred meter relay guy. You got Liddell Wade on the football team. He he throws for us. Uh, and I'm trying to. There's there's obviously a lot more than just that, but mm-hmm. um, especially with the younger guys uh, with our sophomore class. But those are some of the top guys there with regards to the girls. You got Ari Denson. She's the goalie for the, the soccer team. You got um, you got Jess Arfield, who is a three sport athlete. She plays volleyball. She's she medaled at state right for Coach Carbon, and then. Um, He's out in a four by one relay. You got um, uh, Madison Bennett, who is you know I scored over twenty goals. twenty goals, scored over twenty goals. I know she scored a lot of goals mm-hmm. for the soccer team. Yeah. Uh, and so you know, and, and we had from the basketball team, we had Jason Timothy throwing for us this year. And uh, you know, I know he's a senior, but you know, yeah, you know, you have to it, we we should, and I'm a big fan of encouraging each other's athletes to go out and do the other sport. I saw something the other day where. Just with the NFL drafts. twenty-three of the first-round draft picks uh, in this year's NFL Draft were track and field athletes as well as football players.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That is, uh, I mean, that that harmonious relationship between track and field and football, of course, with many other sports, is really an awesome thing. And it's really cool that uh, you're able to be a part of that for uh, these young men and women. But, um, Josh, thank you so much for joining us today. It was awesome to be able to catch up with you and talk some track and field. Uh, and good luck this weekend. Thanks, and go Bills. There you go. Bills and Bills Mafia, right? Um, I
2: I think I've seen his Twitter before, but it's just listed under Josh. So I never understood who this Josh Bills fan was tweeting at you all the time for, but thank you. You've now connected the dots, at least for one of your viewers, me, uh, to figure out (laughs) who this is on your platform.
1: That's right. That is Josh Buffalo, he's got a a little bill, I believe, in his uh, Twitter name. Um, But yeah, volleyball and track and field coach at West Creek. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, one thing, game of the week, performance of the week. Stick around.
2: I gotta say, all credit in the world to JP Plant here for the incredible change of soundtrack. I mean, nothing, no offense to what happened a couple weeks ago. I mean, the soundtrack's been great, but it's just been elevated up to another level here on the MSP North podcast.
1: Oh, it's elite, JP, man. I mean, power to you. You're choosing all the, all the bops this, this, uh, this week. Um, but uh, great music aside, uh, I'm sure you. Uh, I'm sure our lovely voices are music to your ears as well. So we're going to keep using them. Uh, let's get into our one thing segment for this week. Uh, Blaine, you want to start us off? Absolutely. Let, let's start
2: with a hot postseason start. I don't have the results from the third game here, but we can go ahead and start with Heritage Baseball's first two games in the district tournament against Sycamore and last night's game against Fairview, I believe. Believe it was Fairview, but in the first game, Heritage outscores Sycamore ten to nothing in the first inning. Brady, one inning to go up ten nothing, and uh, it wasn't much better. I mean, Sycamore scored five runs in that game, and then Heritage run rules Fairview last night. That's Tuesday, so in two games they've outscored their district competition twenty-four to five. I mean, they're setting up themselves in a really good spot going into this region tournament, getting hot at the right time. Justin Smith, Ty Lopez, uh, Cooper King, Johnny Moody. just a really strong senior class that's helping them get hot at the right time and getting ready to face some really tough competition. Uh, you got Loretto and Summertown. I believe Summertown's out of that region now; they lost in their district tournament, but Loretto, nonetheless, it's a tough out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, and looking, uh, keeping it on the baseball field. Um, just after 11 p.m. Central Time, of course, on Tuesday, uh, the Rossview Hawks became District Champions, uh, technically the first District 13 4A Champions, so that's pretty cool with the new 4A classification. Um, they last won a district in uh, in 2019. Parker Holman joked with me, you know, first time in three years makes it sound like it was a drought, but, you know, it's really only been one baseball season, but, um obviously a a huge accomplishment for them they've beaten CHS five times this year now after Clarksville beat them I believe four times last season so you know they're absolutely thrilled to be able to do that get that district championship and get a home game for next week Monday against Dixon County
2: well you gotta love those long Rossview Clarksville games I mean that was the the second one this year you know you, you you said before we started the show here you were pretty drained after that second game last night.
1: Yeah, yeah. Of course, we're recording this on Wednesday, um, and yeah, I was I was uh, I got my I, I was finally able to go to bed on uh, well, I guess Wednesday morning at one uh, thirty after getting back um, some unexpected traffic on I twenty four kept me out late. Um, it was it was a night that's for sure. Well,
2: let, let's go from one season,
1: one team season continuing and another team season
2: ending. White House soccer saw their season come to a close in the District 9 2 semifinal against White House Heritage. Such an incredible, I mean, an overtime game there between two rivals. And I believe the, the only, you know, the go-ahead goal was scored with three minutes remaining, but... White House, a, t- a tough season this year. After, you know, making the district championship last year, they played some really tough teams this year. They played CBA. They played Valor and Russell Venosi. our national reporter, did a great story on them a couple weeks back. They-, they played a really hard schedule. They played Rossview, too, out in-, in Montgomery County. So, I mean, really tough schedule, but ultimately it comes to a close against a team that's also really red hot in White House heritage.
1: Absolutely. Um- Another team whose season has ended, but, you know, kind of on a higher note than they expected, uh, Kenwood Baseball. So um, we haven't talked much about them this year, and uh, that's because they just, you know, they haven't provided as many talking points. Um, you know, they're, on a, they're just kind of on a different schedule, um, not literally, but, you know, figuratively, of course, as the teams like Rossview, um, Clarksville, Clarksville Academy. Um, but they were able to get their first win over a 4 A team this season in the district tournament. So very cool for them. Uh, they were able to uh, beat Northwest by a run and uh, keep their season going a little bit longer. So uh, very cool for Kenwood. Um, hope this. Hopefully, that can uh, you know give those returning guys a little bit of momentum going into uh, next season. You know, showing that you know they, they can beat these uh, these higher class teams.
2: So they were winless in the regular season and then picked up their first district win in the postseason? Is that right?
1: So so they had a couple. They, they were winless in the district. Um, mm-hmm. They had a couple wins, but over, you know, small teams like um, – I believe they beat Houston County twice, a one-eight mm. school. Um, they believe they beat uh, Hume Fogg once. Hume Fogg, Hume Fogg. I'm, I'm not. I'm honestly not totally sure. Uh, and they beat Fort Campbell twice, where uh, Fort Fort Campbell. Uh, as far as it comes to team sports, um, you know, I, I, it's hard for them to get much going because there's a lot of high turnover there, uh, being a military base. Um, so those were their only wins, if I remember correctly. But yeah, being able to beat Northwest, um, very cool for Kenwood and those kids.
2: That's definitely a big, big time win for that program as they try to continue their rebuild and kind of build from the ground up there. Pretty, let's move to our performance of the week. I'll go last night's game, Tuesday night. Greenbrier pitcher Dalton Wilber, sophomore, five innings pitched, seven strikeouts, one run against the top team in Class 3A, according to the Tennessee Baseball Coaches Association poll. So great. I mean, just not the best of starts. For Greenbrier, in regards to that game, Jacob Conflict struggled a little bit on the mound, but Wilbur kind of came in around the fourth inning and took control of that one. I mean, he struggled with a little command, but, you know, really just limited Portland, as you can see there, one and run. So great, great outing by the sophomore and moved Greenbrier to the district championship game.
1: Yeah, my performance of the week is going to be a two-parter. DJ Merriweather for Clarksville Academy. They played uh, Franklin Road Academy twice in this past week. The first time they played him, he threw a one-run, seven-inning complete game, struck out 12 players. The second time they played him, he hit two home runs uh, as the first baseman in that game. So um, Franklin Road Academy coaches and players, they're going to be seeing Derek, DJ, Merriweather in their nightmares. I
2: mean, that guy, that guy, I mean, even whenever it's helping you out, freelancing last year for Main Street, Clarksville, yeah, you could tell that guy was pretty special. I mean, either way, whether it was throwing a no-hitter and then hitting a go-ahead home run, D.J. Merriweather got it done.
1: Uh, Games of the year. week. Games of the week. Uh, I'm going what what to go with uh, Rossview versus Northeast Soccer. Uh, this is going to be part three. So last year they played in the district championship. Northeast won that game. Uh, in 2019, of course, 2020, well, that was the, uh, COVID shortened year, uh, but in 2019, they played in the district championship, Rossby won that one. So this is kind of the tiebreaker, if you will, uh, as far as the trick championships go, uh, should be a really good game. They played earlier this year, Rossby won that game. Um, but you know, anything can happen in the postseason.
2: Absolutely. And let's, let's keep it a little flavorful with Robertson and Montgomery as we close out our show here, my game of the week. Wednesday night's 9 3 a championship between Greenbrier and the winner of Portland and Montgomery Central. You know, Todd Dunn's going to pitch, or he's going to coach a good game. You know, Portland, we just talked about the number one team in the TBCA poll for Class 3A. Greenbrier is undefeated in 9 3 a Something has to give. It'll be a fun way to end that tournament, and I think it should be a pretty fun next week whenever these teams face off against whoever comes out of District 10 3A.
1: Absolutely. It will be a, a good time indeed. Um, and uh, speaking of a good time, I think we had a, 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 another fun episode this week. A lot of track and field talk, a lot of postseason talk. Uh, we're going to come back to you again next week with even more postseason talk as things get really down to the nitty gritty. Uh, but until then, um, thank you for joining us this week, and we will talk to you later.
0: This has been the MSP North Podcast with your host Brady McItamney and Blaine Keller, covering Robertson and Montgomery counties. Follow them on Twitter, always at Main Street Preps, Brady at Brady underscore MSP, and Blaine at Sports underscore BK, and always online at MainStreetPreps.com. The MSP North Podcast is a Main Street media production.